0: Hi, welcome to the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to pull off parenthood and we often may not feel good enough. I'm here with Dr. Cora Bruner to help you face this challenge head on. Dr. Bruner, thanks for joining me. Thank you. I've known Cora for years, and she was one of my teachers and attendings when I was a resident. She's a spokesperson for the Academy of Pediatrics, and she was one well before I was, and so I have followed in some ways how Dr. Bruner has used media in public health and to help the world really understand what we know. She's got all sorts of accolades and all sorts of important titles. She's a professor of pediatrics and orthopedics and sports medicine at the university. She attends in the Department of Adolescence and Orthopedics at Seattle Children's. She knows things about, and you know, she's an expert in complementary alternative medicine, biofeedback, eating disorders, and kind of all-themed teenager. So thank you for joining. Thank you for asking me. So, and Cora's a mom, too, so she's got all this practical experience. And she's a little bit crazy, which makes it so nice to sit with her, because <laughs> I feel I feel like, uh, of, you know, like in, in my flock, which is really nice. So this podcast, ultimately, we want to talk about the options for contraception to avoid pregnancy for teenage girls, ultimately. I mean, we can talk about it for boys too because boys don't want to get anyone pregnant um but really the options that are out there for girls so first and foremost Cora like if you could whisper into like if you had the ability to like via a smartphone provide a daily whisper or something into a parent of a teenager's mom you know mom to a teenage girl I don't know at age like 13 like and it was just insider trader information, what would you tell them? Like what, what is like, what are some golden nuggets for them to know while raising a teenage girl to, to do it well and feel good about it?
1: Well, that's a great question, Wendy Sue, and I think that one of the things that I have noticed is that in terms of sexuality education, in terms of educating parents and children about sexuality, whether it's being sexually active or who they are sexually or who their gender is. Yeah. It, it feels as if no one really um, does a great job teaching that to to parents and kids. Um, so if I was to whisper something into a parent's ear, it would be you need to start early about sexuality education. You yeah. need to start when yeah. they're toddlers. Yeah, You need to start talking well, about... Well, we have
0: a couple podcasts on that, too, what I did with Julie Metzger, you know. And, and and ultimately, that sorry not to interrupt you, or to interrupt you, I am not, I am interrupting uh, the, uh, you know, starting early um, t- about anything, right? Her kind of one minute of courage, right? Like, yes. you know, like some dog is like humping another dog at the dog park and you're like, oh, look, like they kind of look like they're trying to have a baby, right? You know, and your eight-year-old's like,
1: mom, mom, don't talk about it, right? But you kind of can talk about right, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then that just continues the conversation all the way through. Um, their... And what would
0: you whisper, so start early is one whisper. What would you whisper when it comes to girls' access to contraception?
1: I would whisper, I know you have issues and you're terrified that your daughter is going to have sex sometime. I know this is like, you can't believe I like that you this. start with, I
0: know you have issues,
1: because which I is true have, of every parent. Right? No, 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 no. I, just, I know you want your child to be all butterflies and unicorns and never do that. However, <laughs> comma, guess what? Um, they are. And they're going to have fun. Um, and they're not going to tell you about it, which is Right, and they're really hard. like,
0: you don't really want your kid to tell you about the fun they're having sexually, right? Like right. that's no, not an yeah. appropriate Gross. role. Gross.
1: Right, right. Not an appropriate role for a yeah. parent really, right? Right. Because that's
0: a private part of their own, uh, you know, evolving adulthood, right? right?
1: Yeah. But uh, it is going to happen, and just uh-huh. like everything else you do with your child, making sure they wear helmets and making sure they have seat belts and making sure that the electric outlet covers are on, you should, as a parent, make sure that your kid is equipped – to handle life with all of the stuff that happens, with every single possible um, safeguard to make sure that they have a productive, happy life. And they have a family when they're ready mm-hmm. um, and that not it's not thrust it's... upon them mm-hmm. when they're not ready. Well, or... so
0: much of pregnancy is, is unplanned, right? So what in kind of younger girls and young women, the amount of, um, of pregnancies unplanned is what percent now?
1: It's down. I mean, obviously, yeah. our numbers are still are, are still on the decline. We're still the highest of any industrialized okay. world, right, right, by right. by a lot, and we still have half a million unplanned, unwanted teen pregnancies every year. That's five hundred thousand unplanned pregnancies. Correct.
0: So that whisper, that could be one of the whispers, right? Yes. Like that. That number is real. I mean, I think that often I'll hear, um, in, in clinic and in in life, you know, oh, I have a fourteen-year-old daughter, but she's a young fourteen, right? Like I hear that.
1: All the and time. we share everything. We're like best friends. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs>
0: wow. And then you kick the parent out of the room, which we all do when kids are 14 at least, but sometimes earlier. And then you get the real story. Right. And no parent wants to believe that they don't have 100% access, but no parent should have 100% access as their teenager is turning into an individual. Right. right.
1: And then you ask any question about social media. It's not. Are you on social media? It's how many social media sites do you use?
0: Uh-huh. And how many are you
1: hiding from somebody? Correct. else? Correct. Right? And how yeah. many do you have pseudonyms or other names yeah. and are lying? Yeah. And so yeah. that you. Um, but so they're so they're getting a lot of information about contraception, which may or may not be true. I in have social to, media. You mean correct from peer to peer, kind mm-hmm. of teen to teen education, right? Yeah. Which is ridiculous. The stuff kids come to me in clinic and say is, "I can't get pregnant because I had chlamydia at one point," which is a huge myth. Yes, you can. I can't get pregnant when I'm having my period. Not true. Um, I can't get pregnant because he pulled out and ejaculated after he was inside of me. I know that is new. I don't want to talk about that with my parents, but it's not true. Um, And and there's hundreds more. Um, I can't take Plan B because I have to have a prescription for it. So plan B, just as a little
0: sort of PSA, is you know, um, you know, emergency contraception that can be used in the first forty-eight to seventy-two hours, but as long as five days after unprotected intercourse, it is available over the counter. I mean, this has gone through different legislation, uh, you know, across HHS. Actually, just a couple of years ago, allowed it at the federal level to be you know given without a prescription. But state laws can change at the age of access for that. Correct, Cora? Yeah, right? they
1: shouldn't though. I mean, I know, they shouldn't, but like they can't. Right. right, and so it some is. It's it's its expensive. And it's also like fifty bucks. Right. Right. And a guy can buy it too. Yep. So it's not like a girl has to be responsible Correct. for it. Yeah. Um,
0: but it's something for that's a whisper that I want all teenagers to know about, right? Yeah. That if you don't, if you're not on, if you don't have a IUD in or an implant in, and you have unprotected intercourse, or you didn't use a condom, or you didn't use a condom like you should have the, through the whole time that you know that inter that you know any kind of bodily fluid could be exchanged, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can go out and get Plan B and use Plan B to prevent pregnancy
1: happening. Right. And if you have a relationship with your mom that's close, and you can say to your mom. Wow, big mistake. Yep. And your mom can say, or your dad, wow, not necessarily the best idea, but I happen to have a plan B here. Yeah,
0: so every parent should know about plan B. Um, Yeah. So Plan B is available from without a prescription. You can also get a prescription for it. And when you do, your health insurance or your payer will probably pay for it. So it won't be 50 bucks, which is what I like. And girls can and boys can get it from places like Planned Parenthood as well. Correct. So can we talk, can we, so every parent I think should know about Plan B. So um, I will, we will direct in this podcast summary, um, some links of how you can learn about that. But just Google Plan B, look at a website called Bedsider.org, and I have content on MamaDoc. Doc. Can we talk about IUDs as them? They're the first line, and that means kind of the gold standard right now for pediatricians, nurse practitioners, adolescent docs, and gynecologists to help girls have a good, reliable way during adolescence and young adulthood to prevent pregnancy.
1: Right. It's the long-acting reversible contraception, which is LARC, L-A-R-C, and that includes the IUD or the Nexplanon implant in the arm. They're both considered long-acting reversible contraception.
0: And, 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 Lark, just so you know, you put an IUD in a child, and they can have it in for five years, and it is more than 99% effective Correct. at preventing pregnancy yes. and an implant that way. And, they don't, and nobody has to know about it. So some girls will go and get this at Planned Parenthood. Or their schools. Or their schools, or from their regular care doctor when their mom thinks they're going in to get their knee evaluated, and they can get an IUD. And that's good, I think, as a pediatrician, that a child has the right to make sure that they can protect against an unplanned pregnancy. What do you, do you, what do you hear parents worrying about when you, I mean, I, I can tell you my, my, the host of reasons, but, you know, what are, what are some things you've heard or what are some myths we can dispel, I guess?
1: A couple of myths are um, a parent will say, I don't want that in my child because I had it when I was a uh-huh. young um, adult and it fell out or mm-hmm. I didn't like it um, mm-hmm. and or all these other things that happened. And what those moms probably had in was something that we don't even use anymore. Um, or we have we have access to which would be the copper seven or the paragard, but we don't really use that in adolescents. Yep. We use the levonorgestrel, marina. Yeah. marina, or skyla. So um, both of them um, are different from what what mom might have had in. Um, And
0: probably has a lower side effect profile, right? Correct. I mean, so, you know, and I think just so to understand, an IUD is a small little device that gets very easily, frankly, and quickly inserted through the cervix into the uterus. And again, lasts about five years. And it just releases locally in the uterus a little bit of progesterone or a hormone
1: that disallows the ability to basically implant and have a successful pregnancy go through. Correct, right. and it's 99.9 percent effective. There's no yeah. other except not having sex. <laughs> there isn't yeah. anything else as effective as that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and it's and it's kind of a no-brainer uh-huh. because it once it's in. The girl feels the string, and she should probably check to make sure the string is coming out of the cervix um, huh. periodically. With she can right? learn how to do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and girls go ooey, 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 but it's just like when you teach a girl to use a tampon. I mean, at some point, it sounds really ooey right in the beginning, and then girls get really comfortable with Real their own body. comfortable with it, yeah. and yeah. and
1: and it's um, and for many, many girls, probably fifty, sixty percent, they stop menstruating completely. Yeah, and um, girls nice. love they love this. that, yeah. especially if they're swimming or if they're yeah. athletes. Athlete. Yeah, um, and so. Uh, that's that just d- got these great side effects. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. And then, if they want stay, to stay using an IUD, let's yeah. say they get an IUD put in when they're any, any age, but let's say they get an IUD put in at th- 15 or 16, or then at 20, they, mm-hmm. they still aren't ready to have a baby. Yeah. Um, they can get like another one. Right. That, yeah. that one comes out, a new one yeah. goes in for five more years, and yeah. there's no problem with pregnancy. And you can get pregnant literally within a week of having the IUD out. Yeah. And that's the other myth. That's the other myth I was just
0: gonna say about this. So there's a myth that you get pelvic inflammatory disease when you have them, and meaning more likely to have um, sexually transmitted infections cause widespread infection in your pelvis. And then I always hear the other myth that, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna I don't want my girl to have an IUD because then she'll never be able to have a baby later. Right.
1: right. Or, and finally I mean, if that's she has a myth. an IUD and she's gonna have sex with every single man in the universe <laughs> because she's got this big neon sign flashing, I've got an <laughs> IUD and which is not true. Not and, and again, the C D C there's been an other research um, organizations have done so much research on this, de- demystifying this. Um, that girls are more promiscuous once they have good contraception. Right. That, it, it, the, so, that's the, true, right? so that's not true. That's not true. It's just that I think the thing that's the biggest concern is I don't want that in my daughter's uh-huh. vij- and uterus. Or I don't, or the, the teenager even saying, I don't want that in my uterus. And I have to push back a little bit on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, Wow. So, she just asked me if she can say the thing she wants to say. Yes, I'm, well, I'm, like, nodding enthusiastically yes, here. It. <laughs> um, well, okay, you're, you're happy with a penis being in your vagina, but you won't put an IUD in your uterus. Help me understand that. Some, some other person's penis in right, your vagina, in your, yeah, but would, not a sterile right, medical device right. that's been safety tested. Totally tested it with <laughs> bazillions of other people all over the world for a long time, um, but you're willing to have that in you. And oh, by the way, when you sleep with a guy, have sex with a guy, you're basically having sex with every single person he's ever had sex with. And that um, is
0: such a good tip off of using a second protection, right? Right, because right? Like that's a a the other
1: piece, which is very important that with an IUD or um, the, the Nexplanon, um, you which also need to use a condom um, because um, the uh, – they don't prevent sexually transmitted infections. And there is this thought that if I'm going to be going through all this to have an IUD put in or an implant um, in my arm, that's enough. I'm not going to do anything else like use a condom because that's gross, and uh, ugh. But that's actually not gross, Um, and a sexually transmitted infection is gross. So you really do need to do both. Um, And I know it feels like overkill.
0: and this is what we say to teens all the time, right? But that, I love that point of saying, and that this is something I think you could whisper into a parent's ear, too, that you can say to your kids, you know, when you have sex with someone else, it's like having sex with anyone they've had sex with if no one has used perfect protection. And you should always believe that they haven't, right? right. You should, you should. kind of, the benefit of the doubt is just trust these lovely people that you're sharing your body with and at the same time don't trust them that they've always protected themselves. Right, and, and with a condom,
1: the data is it's 82% effective in preventing pregnancy. You know, Not very
0: good. Yeah, compared, B- to the, minus. compared to them, right? Looks the
1: like getting on an airplane and saying you might go to Chicago, but there's about an 82 percent chance you might end up in another town. In Madison. Yeah.
0: Lovely town. Yeah. Like that. Where Sorry.
1: You're um, yeah. So when I tell that to a kid, they're like, "Well, I wanted to go to Chicago." Well, then you have to use something that's a little better than a condom. Yeah. So, um, so,
0: so we know gold standard for pretend- protecting pregnancy in girls are these long-acting reversible contraceptions, which are typically an IUD. That is just to be really clear. Very easy, a 15-minute type procedure, very easy to put in. It seems like this big, ornery, crazy, you know, big process. It's just not. Girls take a little pill usually the night before to open up their cervix. The gynecologist, not anymore. You don't even do that with teens?
1: No. She's shaking her head violently. No, we don't do that. Yeah, so they just come come in in and you just pop it right through the cervix. uh, Sometimes we use um, uh, local anesthetic. Yeah cream On the outside of the um, vagina, just to make it because so that, we're going to be going, put, yeah, putting something a speculum. in like speculum. And, yeah, um, some, some clinics actually offer a benzodiazepine ahead of time that they can take, but but to not to all. Out. So that's
0: a medicine just to calm a kid down if they're yeah, a little but anxious. not all, and that's all do. okay. Yeah, and
1: a lot of kids don't want to because they drove in, so uh-huh. if they, they drive back, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, the speculum goes in, which is the thing that goes into the vagina that dilates. It was a light to have the provider get to see what's going on with the cervix. The cervix gets just opened up with a sound, and then the IUD goes in. They lie in the clinic with an ice pack on their um,
0: tummy. Um, tummy
1: for 15 minutes. And then they leave. They leave. And then they have
0: five years of protection yeah. against pregnancy. They have
1: pain for about 24 hours, so they take crampy, some ibuprofen. Right? Yeah. Yeah or any kind of But uh, most teens, I mean I've
0: seen so many teens now that have them and they kind of look at me like, "Oh yeah, no big deal." Yeah. So, I mean, I think the bottom line here is that start talking about sexuality and contraception early. Although sexual debut, so the average age for for teenagers in this country to have their first sexual intercourse maybe as late as 17, many teens will have sex before that. And I like Public service announcement: They will have sex before you likely know it or think on it. And even w- if they tell you it's the first time, it may not be. Right? right. Don't you, I mean? Right? In the back end of being an adolescent, doc, don't you just know that in your bones? Right. It's that not. Not every parent is ever going to know the true story of their child's sexual experiences through through adolescence, and that's okay. That's okay. But the the real opportunity here is protecting your teenagers from infections. One in four teenagers gets a sexually transmitted infection. One in four. When I tell teens that, I'm like. Pick three of your friends. I was like, picture them right now. You know, Susie, Julie, and Sam. They're standing right next to you. One of you is going to have an STD by the end of high school. And they're like, ew. Right. Really so me. it's it's this kind of, you know, I think I've always had this, I've always joked that as my boys get into the teenagers I'm just going to stuff condoms into their pockets. And people are like, that's just going to make them feel like they can go have sex. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to be in charge of that decision. No, and they've actually I'm gonna done guide them. on that. Right. You just, I just want them to protect right. themselves. Right. Right. So find ways to protect your kids, show them different people they can partner with their pediatrician, an adolescent expert, Planned Parenthood. And my, my hope is, is that parents know they're not going to endorse or cause promiscuity by teaching their kids about the opportunities for preventing
1: Well, pregnancy. and there's also one last big important thing if you were to whisper in a parent's ear, which is about consensual sex, yeah. which is um, um, if you if for a no other reason than you want to protect your kid from being hurt, yeah. um, to talk to them about no means no uh-huh. um, and uh, whenever it is in the interaction with the other person. person. If it's like ha- halfway through you say no, it's no. Um, so one of the things I taught my kids and I teach everybody in my clinic is... Whether you're having sex with someone or, like, male or female, if the other person says no, it's no. <laughs> Which Whoever's starting things. So um, both for the person that's thinking it's all great and, and he or she is wants to have sex with me and then she says no, that means you have to stop. Yeah. Um, and so that's a weird conversation to have. We Hard played. conversation. I mean,
0: thankfully, like, Joe Biden's work, right, nationally is changing right. the game, I think, on some ways. And, yeah. and Joe Biden's work, too, about... Um, Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. That is such a good whisper, too. Um, Great website for you to look at, bedsider.org, B-E-D-S-I-D-E-R.org. All things contraception, all great tips. You can just tell your teen to look at it, and they can get a huge amount of education, really visual, really educational, and not non-biased is the way that I kind of interpret that website. Dr. Bruner, thank you so much. Thank you so much. The reality is, and this topic really displays it, is that parenting is a high-stakes job. The good news is, we've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.